Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, just how important is Clint Capella to the Atlanta Hawks' success in 2022? And normally, you guys know I love the number 1913. However, yesterday, not so much. And last but not least, for the culture, high times at the Bayou Classic? We'll talk about it. That's all coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This ATL Day Ones. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. We thank them for rocking with us throughout this entire show. We really appreciate you for that. And just remember, if you're tired of listening to us to it on your phone, we are on Amazon Fire and Roku. So, yes, you can check out my big mug and Tanisha Batiste, I can't call her a mug, her pretty face, on the big screen. Go and check them out right there. But T, um, not a good weekend for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they take the L versus one of the worst teams in the NBA, in the, the, the Houston Rockets on the road. And then they come back home and take the L against the Miami Heat. Sands, Jimmy Butler, 106-98 to T, like – what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. And without Duncan Robinson. So you yes. figure, okay, without the guy who essentially runs that team, who essentially is their primary ball handle, I don't care. Sorry, Kyle Lowry, it's just not you. But he's mm-hmm. essentially that guy. Duncan Robinson is the guy who typically torches you from the perimeter. Right. And so it looks like it should be free and clear, except you don't have your guy and how interesting is it, and taking nothing away from Bogdan Bogdanovich, right? But we know that's more a long-term out, if you will. But if right. you look at their two short-term outs, and you look at the Hawks, Clint Capella, their long-term out, it's like, hey, that should have been a wash in favor of in favor of the Hawks, but they just couldn't get it done. And here's the interesting thing, Jarvis. When you dig into the numbers at the end of the game, the numbers are actually very similar in terms of the field goal percentage, three-point percentage, rebounding every category those numbers are the same but the difference is those numbers were bolstered for the hawks in the first half for the heat not even the second half the third quarter that's all it took was one quarter of a heavy dose of bam out of bio and that's good t that was the thing that i just found just ridiculous like when you think about how they were able to get him open and how what he had like six to eight points on the lob and Nathan yeah. Miller even talking about how frustrating that was. And like, yeah. man, come on, guys. You can't let them beat you the same way over and over again. Right. So, And I think that that was one of the things that kind of stood out in, in Caleb Martin, how he was allowed to just go ballistic. I was just like, yeah. like Caleb Martin, okay, fine player, but right. he ain't that great. And then, yeah. you know, just from offensively from the Hawks, you know, like you said, it was a tale of two halves, right? You know, they shot the ball well in, from deep in the first half. Second half, not so much. And yeah. when I think that one of the things that the Hawks have to have to really really um, have to realize and figure out is when you don't have a guy who who can get those offensive rebounds for you and Clint Capella not being on the court, you have to be aggressive. 
when yeah. he's not in the paint, clogging the paint or or standing there for the rebound, when that that paint is free and clear, you mm -hmm. have to get aggressive and get to the basket. And DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, they didn't necessarily do that. I felt like they really settled for those long. Trey Young specifically, those long yeah. three-point shots that we, we normally love when he makes, but when he's not making them, it's not a good look. And I think that Trey has to continue to be aggressive. DeJounte has to be aggressive when they understand what that lineup is. If that lineup doesn't have Clint Capella in their team, like you probably need to get to the rack as much as possible because you're going to get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to uh, um, foul calls from the referees. Agree. And if you can't get it out of your five, right, then – and this is one of the questions, maybe a question that now brings something different to the table mm. for Travis Link and Landry Fields because, yes, the conversation has been about John Collins because Clint Capella has been so healthy and so effective yes. this year. We have not had any conversation about the five because we didn't even think about needing a backup because – they haven't needed one. Now, nope. all of a sudden, there's some dental issue that he's going through, some ongoing pain that he's supposed to be dealing right. with. And so you have to then put in Onyeka Okongu. And you know I love Double O just as much as the next person, if not more. I think that he has a fantastic game. But it is the game, essentially, of a backup four, Damn. not a backup five. So right. now we're back to square one. Like, okay, first we thought the primary responsibility or the primary focus for the front office was going to be get somebody who's a better four for you just in terms of consistency because i don't want to take away from john collins game because of course last night he was mr double double the yeah, challenge went off, went off, is yeah. we're 20 games in and 10 of those games he's mr double double and 10 of those games he's mr ghost ghost so that's where the challenge is i feel but now this situation that we saw last night jarvis i felt like with these back-to-back -back losses with similar kind of meltdown down the stretch in the paint in particular now it's like okay you've got to acknowledge two things you might need to look for a backup to your five but also you have to acknowledge that maybe okay there's truly an issue at the four when it comes to a starting four because and i want to just share this with you because this mm. kind of got under my skin a bit okay when i listened to the post game commentary heard what you said about nate mcmillan thought that comment was spot on did not think John Collins' comment was spot, spot on where he said, quote, people think it's just easy to slice up a zone. There are open spots, but it just takes time off the clock. You're not going to get the perfect shot every time. Well, that seems to be hypocritical or seems to be uh, not hypocritical, but it, it seems to uh, fly in the face of what Nate McMillan was saying, which is basically, right. I mean, you play the defense how you play the, the defense that, I mean, it wasn't like they just set a zone in the second half. They were zoning you somewhat in the first half. It's just yeah. they clamped down on their defense, and then right. you didn't clamp down on yours. And that started to affect your offense as well. And I think, to me, that just sounded like an excuse. Because yeah. at this point in time, Jarvis, how many times have they seen Miami use the zone to perfection on them? You, as a player, not just Nate as a coach, you as a player have to figure out how to play your way out of the zone. Yeah, and I think that when these times – come you know we, we're so quick to blame the coach but at the end of the yeah, day these yeah. dudes get paid t and yeah, for man. somebody to sit up there and come up with an excuse and say well you know no uh -uh. no nah, man you you know how to beat a zone you doggone find that insert because it's yeah. not like you don't have the ball handles to do it like right. if you didn't have a true point guard or you had a guy who's a, a really a a, a a scoring two or off ball two and, and running the point 
yeah, okay, I might get that. I might accept that. But sure. you have two legit point two. guards, yeah. <laughs> like two, two legit point guards. Yeah. So I think that if you are the leader that you say you are, and you know, I hate to go here, but if you are the leader that you say you are, you're like, hey man, let's get to the hole, let's yeah. get to the paint. Yeah. Like, let's run some pick and roll. Let's do mm-hmm. what we need to do in order to yes. you know, slice this doggone zone. Because at the end of the day, they just came down the court and, okay, y'all back in that zone again. Oh, we're going to shoot our way out of it. Nah, right. it wasn't no, working not, like that. No. <laughs> not, at least yeah. not the long ball shoot your way out right. of the zone. Like exactly. you said, the best way for you to go in is attack mode. And then the other thing is when you go in attack mode, Jarvis, sometimes even if the ball doesn't go in the basket, you are at least making the heat work harder. And if you can make them work harder on the defensive end, maybe it's tougher on them on the offensive end, which we did see in the fourth quarter, 21 to 17. Right. So we saw it. But unfortunately, what you did in the third quarter was just way too much to overcome. And you just can't keep doing that. And you're doing it now against teams like the Rockets, like you said, that are in very the very last spot in the Western Conference. But also, Jarvis, this is the type of opportunity where when the Heat are 10 and 11, and they are in 10th place in the East, you got to take advantage of that because you're going to yep. play them one more time at home and then you got to play them back-to-back in Miami. This was a game that you absolutely should have taken in what we already know is going to be the tightest of tight races in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, you're talking about one or two games separating five to six teams. <laughs> so so it, it, it is cray-cray for sure. As like I said, we are, what, 20 games in. The Hawks mm-hmm. take on the 76 tonight on the road. They know James Harden, so we'll see if they can figure out this one. They normally have the 76ers, you know, you know, they, they have that normally wrapped up when they play against that team, but we yeah. shall see. As tip, exactly. first tip, tip is at seven o'clock tonight, and we'll see how that goes. T, let's talk a little Georgia Tech. How about this? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I own Ken's, well, not I own AJC's Ken Segura. Uh, put out a little tweet last night saying that, hey, according to his sources, that uh, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets have hired. They are in talks of finalizing a contract. Mm-hmm. No, I'm being very specific right here. They are mm-hmm. finalizing a contract with old Willie Fritz. Used to be Georgia Southern head coach. He's now the head coach at Tulane. And we come to find out that that wasn't necessarily true. Uh, ESPN Pete Thamel said, uh, no, that is not the case. And as a matter of fact, they have interviews scheduled for today. So, yeah, um, what's going on with Ken and these reports about Willie Fritz, a guy who's 62 years old, and I don't know if I'm trying to hire a guy like that, you know, uh, to, to, to help rebuild my program or, or, or establish some type of culture for Georgia Tech going forward. But, T, mm-hmm. what is going on? What is J-Bat doing over there? Yeah, that was very, very interesting, uh, you know, for Ken Segura. And you hate that because it's like, okay, he covers that team on a day-to-day basis, right? And so you you hate to see him kind of be scooped by someone else. But the reality is that it's actually interesting to me, but understandable that Tech is still interviewing candidates. Because I, I know what Willie Fritz is doing down there. He had Tulane in the top 25 since... I don't know. They haven't been in the top 25, maybe since they played in the Superdome. But anyway. And Sean King was there. Saints played, <laughs> the Saints played at Tulane. But yeah, right. I mean, this is, so it's big what he's doing there. But I also think there are a couple of things. Brent Key, not saying that he is the guy, but he better at least be in the top two. Because right. he at least had you in that game for quite a bit between the hedges on Saturday, right? Indeed. 
He's had his guys playing hard since he took over as interim coach. And even when they stink up the joint, they don't come back the next week and do the same thing. So right. to me, that's about coaching and being able to reset your guys. And yeah, I know, I know that they tr they tried the, the hometown guy. They tried the guy who was a Georgia Tech alum and it didn't work. Yeah. But I hope that that does not automatically take Brent Key out of the running because let's face it, it was what week 11 week 12 in college football and we're still talking about tech having the possibility of making a bowl game are you kidding me with what they looked like at the right. beginning of the season yeah. so yeah i don't yeah. mind them going after other coaches but i agree with you and i don't want to sound like it's about ageism trust me but i also believe in what you're saying in that you've got to be so very careful about knowing that you got a guy right down the street in athens and right up the street, we'll say, in Alabama, in Tuscaloosa, who can absolutely blow you out the water with recruiting in the state of Georgia. You better be careful about who you get, because it's not just about your head coach, Jarvis. It's about the ability to start recruiting again for and maybe some five-star uh, recruits there as well. Absolutely. And, and when you think about all those things lined up, right, it just yeah. it makes sense for J-Bat to take his time. Yes. and get this thing right and stop Better. and don't yeah. necessarily jump to conclusions and think that you know a guy like fritz can get it done he may can't you may can right. get it done but just from the outside looking in like mm -hmm. do your research and do yes. your homework and make sure you get the right guy now speaking of doing your research and making sure you get the right guy how about this how about you go to betonline.net because it is oh moving cameras and stuff it is the fastest way to, to check in on all your better needs find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games i'm trying to figure oh man how did you win some money on the uh falcons commanders well i think the over under was like 37 and a half or 38 mm -hmm. points Ooh, guess what you could have won some money if you'd have gone mm -hmm. to bet online because it is the top online source for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts they have you covered wherever we have you covered each and every day for your ATL sports needs. How about this? Go to betonline.net because it is where you're going to find all the information. They have podcasts waiting just for you so you can win some money. So how about this? Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Yes, it starts with BetOnline and it ended in the DMV yesterday, at least not the yes, way we question. wanted it to end in the DMV. But, 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 but I don't want you guys thinking we're Debbie Downers and we're saying that the season is no. over. That's not what we're saying because, hey, the Bucks stunk it up yesterday as well. And so the Falcons just keep getting these reprieves. It's like everybody in the NFC South has nine lives because all of them want to take control of the division. So, yes, the Falcons had that opportunity to do that. Unfortunately, they did not. So they made the best number in the world, 1913, look really, really bad yesterday. And that really hurt my heart. But that said, I think it's when you dig into how they got to 1913, Jarvis, that is the most troubling. So you and I talked last week when we got the news that Taquan Graham and Kyle Pitts would both be going on IR, which meant they were going to be out a minimum of four weeks. And we agreed at that time that we felt like Taquan Graham was indeed the bigger loss, taking nothing away from Kyle Pitts, but TQ we felt like was going to be the one. And I honestly still feel like yesterday there were just points in time where I was like, wow, if TQ had been there, that would have been different. And Jarvis, that could be anything. 
That could be rushing the passer. That could be helping to stop the run. And let me give you a basic one. That could be tackling. Oh my goodness. Uh, where do I begin? Right. Um, when you, when you think about like those losses, right. And I, and I, we kind of talked about this on the hang on the hangout on Friday, but just, mm-hmm. it's about take the name out of the tight end position. Like take Kyle Pitts, name out number four, overall pick unicorn, all that stuff. Take that out sure. and just look at the production just strictly from a number standpoint. Mm-hmm. You And I said, to, I, I literally said, like, I think you can replace that. And they yeah. were able to do that because Michael mm-hmm. Proves was able to get a touchdown catch. Yes. Uh, he was wide open because those mm-hmm. are guys who with, like I said, taking away those names, mm-hmm. they're not going to pay too much attention to them. Now, if that Kyle Pitts would have been in that, that spot, it probably would have been one or two guys over there, you know, mm-hmm. sitting there lurking, wait for Marcus Mario to throw that rock. But right, right. That when you flip it over to the defensive side, T, that's mm-hmm. the thing that, that really hurts because yeah. Yeah. when you're talking about all the issues before AJ Terrell came back, mm-hmm. they were having as far as just just staying close to wide receivers. Mm-hmm. They just had so many issues. Yeah. But you, in this game, when Washington was dropping back the pass, you start to see a little pressure with on Abby Katie yeah. and Grady Jarrett. They were starting to get get in his face or at least move him off the spot to where he yes. can rush a throw. You know, because mm-hmm. we knew that he wasn't going to you know take off running with the football. Right. So. And then you got the passing game kind of situated, situated, and now, like they just could not do anything when Brian Robinson was, was throwing the football, and they were running like, the yeah. same exact. Same. Like, like we talk right. about the Hawks, like right. counter yeah. lineman coming around. Like if if a lineman goes that leaves you, more than likely there's one coming back. So how about you go in there and get involved and try to see if you can at least slow down the offensive lineman from turning yeah. that corner. And I think that teams have been doing. T, I've been saying this. Adi Ogandeji, mm-hmm. he does not need to be a starter. And yeah. here's why. Because teams have been doing the exact same thing, running mm-hmm. the exact same type of plays. Maybe different formation, but they are running the same exact type of stuff. Yeah. They're coming at them, and they're coming at them, and they're coming mm-hmm. at them, and he's continue to play it the wrong way. Right. It, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me that this guy continues to play like that. And like I said, I mm-hmm. like Adi. I got a chance yeah. to talk to him coming into the season. But – when you haven't continue to have the same issues, yeah. I have to make a change if I'm the yeah. defensive coordinator, T. Yeah, because you're you're seeing what on the flip side, what Arnold Evacati is able to do. Right. And uh, you know, hopefully his injury yesterday won't be something that is long term because goodness knows Falcons don't need anything else coming their way, especially <sighs> no, on the not, defensive. Not that side. guy. Yeah. Not, right, <laughs> not the guy not that who's up. Right. In a space where, like you said, you're just not getting enough. You're just not getting enough uh, from a, you're not getting enough from Ade. You're really not getting enough from that core overall. But right. just, you know, saying. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think that it remains the same that you could feel TQ. You could feel the loss of TQ as well. And, you know, I thought about this as well um, when we look at the play, because that probably that last play for the Falcons that sealed the game is probably the most talked about thing, not just here, by the way, but right. nationally, there's been conversation about it as well. And you guys can probably hear that conversation even on our Lockdown Sports Today show, because it's really one of the biggest topics. It's one of the trending topics. And it's one where we sh- we know it's not instant reaction, but we bet there is still reaction on it even today. So don't forget to, of course, Check out after ATL Day One. Check out Locked On Sports today because you can get that information. And of course, anything that looks like for the culture 
is going to be in their take of the day and you can get it there as well. But listen, just seeing that trending, Jarvis, the conversation is still very real about that last play and whether or not the loss in it, in essence, and I want to kind of go out a few other places with, but let's start there. Mm -hmm. Was the loss more about the player who didn't make the play or the coach who didn't make the right call? Wow. Oh man, that's a very good question. Um, because here's the thing, my initial thoughts on it, mm -hmm. even when the game as the game was like, looking at the Florida game leading up to that play, right? Mm -hmm. After the, the penalty, they get the first down and everything. And they run the uh RPO option where Mariota kept it and they would lose two yards on the play. Right. Come back second down. I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, my Washington doesn't have any timeouts, right? Nope. So, and they have all of theirs, which really didn't matter at that particular point standpoint. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that I, I literally said this to myself. I was like, Arthur Smith probably want to pass it right here because here's why. Because like, if you get, if you throw the football, it's an mm -hmm. incomplete pass. You you probably make it safest pass. If it's not there, you throw it out the back of the end zone. And then you have right. two plays. You have two plays yeah. that you can run it in. You know what I'm saying? And if they stop you on those two plays, all right, kudos to you. Uh, game, ball game. Y'all were better than us on this particular day, and you move on. And so mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I can't really say that it was the wrong play call because I get that line of thinking, right? Because you know, it's a I, I understand when we're talking about Florida game, and because you don't want to get yourself in a situation where you're passing on fourth down. That's right. never, never the thing when you have to go because you know you have to go for it and everything, like or, or mm -hmm. on third down when they know you have yeah, to pass true, the ball. So true, that's true. the that's the type of thing that I will kind of thinking about so i i understand it so i think it might be more so maybe from an execution standpoint i will lean more towards that because okay i don't know because I, as a quarterback you're not really supposed head, to be looking like, at uh, okay <laughs> yeah i mean i don't to be honest with you t like because a quarterback is not really supposed to be looking at the rush right because you know cordell patterson was open you know going back and looking at looking at that play he was oh he was open on that particular place so i can't i i guess i'm i'm, I'm kind of hedging my best and not saying either one but I, I because i understand the line of thinking went from a coach standpoint and then mariota i guess he rushed the pass maybe if, if i can critique it that much maybe he rushed it and then and, and then from a throwing lane standpoint maybe should adjust his arm angle or whatever if you want to get technical but i i don't have no problem with the play play call overall Okay. And I had a problem with it. Okay. I think for me, it was the timing of the play and the call itself. So I don't know that I would have necessarily called that. Now, granted, you have a situation where, you know, the Falcons are first and goal because, hey, you put them right there on the two. Hey, that's your fault, commanders, that you put them on the two. If right. you put me on the two and 5.8 yards per carry was what you averaged in the first half. You were only still down to 4.2 in the second half, but four yards of carry when you only got to go two yards. Um, I'm just going to give that to you. I mean, right. you've got bruising backs. You also have a quarterback who can roll out on a bootleg. Yeah. He can run. So yeah, you had some opportunities there. Uh, I just think it was a missed opportunity. I don't know that I trust Marcus Mariota to get the ball to where it needs to be in the middle of the end zone where that whole defense, how was the commander's defense able to collapse that quickly? Mm. By the time that ball got to CP, and granted, I looked at it about 10 times. So right. I will give Marcus Mariota this, but I'm going to take it right back. That ball was tipped, but you shouldn't have thrown it that low. If you mm. had thrown it 
accurately and thrown it the way it was supposed to. It would never been tipped, but that tip gave the commander's defense about a half second to reset themselves and they collapsed on CP. That's how, that's how Deron Payne was able to get that ball out and Kendall Fuller was able to then be there to catch that ball, right? Other right. things there, I looked back to see where Drake London was. And if Drake London had curled out as opposed to inside and Marcus Mariota would have done just a fade into the end zone or thrown it on, on his, his shoulder where mm -hmm. only he can catch it, to mm -hmm. me, that might be more viable because it was literally just your receiver and your defender. Yeah. Drake London is what, 6'5"? Yeah. I'm letting you go to catch that ball. Yeah. I'm not, I'm letting, the, the defender, and forgive me for not remembering who the, the, the DB was, but he ain't 6'5". No, yeah. That's He's a mismatch, I yeah. Yeah, I just feel like there were a couple of opportunities as opposed to, to me. I don't know about you guys, but I got triggered again because I felt like I was watching Patriots Seahawks all over again. I'm, I'm I'm done. Yeah, yeah, and it's and and that's the thing about it because you know, and, and I understand your sentiment for sure. Like I, I don't disagree with it because Arthur Smith has always preached what, hey, we're gonna run the football. Yes, that's what yes. we're gonna do. Yes. and that's and stop us that's how yeah and stop us if you want to like and we've 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 prayed for these days right yes. like when everybody in the stadium knows that you're going to run a football and you're able to do it they've been yeah. able to do that consistently throughout the yeah. entire season you know i guess i'm making the point against myself but 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 i understand it i get it because yeah. this is something that you know arthur smith has done a really good job of establishing yeah. right he's establishing culture like we're gonna come off the ball we're gonna knock you off the ball we don't care mm -hmm. if you know you want to run the football and this is what we're gonna do because like if, if we're gonna question the play what's up with this rpo quarterback keeps situation yeah. and the shotgun like right come on now what, what's up with that like i don't yeah. and from the two yard line like if we're gonna we're gonna yeah, question play yeah. that's what i would question i was yes. just like come on bro like now all these formations you've been running right. they've been so yeah. successful and actually and, you know what I mean? Go ahead, hold that thought because I, I really want to get into that tomorrow. You guys okay. come back because I got questions for Jarvis. I got thoughts about it because we want to get into, like you said, Jarvis, looking at each of those uh, drives, if you will, including that last drive and look at the mm -hmm. difference in the play calling and had that not made a difference in what we saw overall. But again, Jarvis and I are going to keep digging into it tomorrow. We're going to get more into some of those kind of offensive miscues and kind of some of the things that we saw the defensive miscues as well. Absolutely, because this this is one of the things that we're gonna make sure we dig into because this is something. This was a big game, T. I we talked about it. We talked about how this was a big game for Arthur Smith, and I thought for overall, mm -hmm. I think he had a really solid game plan for for the Washington Commanders. That's why they were in it with down one score with a chance to win it at the end of the game, and that's what we've seen from this team pretty much consistently. So uh, I'm not gonna sit up here and lambaste um, Arthur Smith, but mm -hmm. we are going to critique that bad boy fairly. That's because yeah. that's what we do right here. Now, T, uh, <clears throat> now I said that, you know, uh, you know, this is not coffee. I'm just go ahead and keep it, keep it, keep it funky with y'all. Because if, for those of you watching on TV, on YouTube, I'm sorry, on, on your TV, on your mobile device, where however you get down, we have made it to 5,000 subscribers. And guess what, guys? Salute. Woo! Woo! That's not coffee. For those of you watching right there on TV, oh my goodness. Thank you guys for for rocking with us and hitting that subscribe button if you have not hit that subscribe button you can be a part of greatness as well 
because we're trying to get this now we're trying to get to six thousand golly jarvis can't set, relish in the moment no we can't we, we don't settle on this show we yeah. get we we are trying to achieve greatness we're trying to do some yeah. great things around here but I, I think that's some of the things that you guys are going to have to continue to do we really appreciate that and you can always remember we download us wherever you get your podcast and before we get out of here we have to talk about what went down at the Bayou Classic. Now, T, I know your family is deep, 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 deep in this thing. Oh, but yeah. when I came across this story, I had to send it to you. Because from the vid, there's a video mm-hmm. out there at a at a brother, you know, sitting there at the game, chilling. Then he got something in his hand that kind of looks like something that was rolled up. You know, something the cool kids call it a blunt. Is what it looked like. And he had a lighter and he started, you know, going across the thing as if he was, um, you know, uh, trying to light it up at yeah. the game and right. you know it, just, it looked it looked kind of a little awkward but t come to find out it was a rib one rib. like what do you question the most was it looking like a him about to fire up a blunt or him taking the lighter to a rib right <laughs> one rib i just with a lighter t. with a lighter <laughs> what? I, that must have been some great barbecue. That's what I was thinking. Oh you know, my I was thinking like, oh my God, I didn't even think you could get that into the stadium these days just because of right. all the security uh, precautions and, and security measures that are being taken. But again, I mean, if your rib had turned cold, like, did you, okay, so did you bring the rib with you? And unfortunately, the foil that you wrapped around it didn't keep your rib as, as hot as you wanted it to be. So you figured that you he just warm it up like okay so that's one option because you know some of our folks will try to bring in their own food. yeah we'll figure it out <laughs> my god please god please don't let the people who watch atl day ones and who know i am from louisiana think that this is what the rest of us do straight from homo well not homo i'm sorry excuse me my bad Oh my. oh my sorry oh my uh louisiana goodness gracious oh my god all right before we get out of here i have to I have to, I have to mention this shout out to my dog the homie friend of the show yeah lifelong just not lifelong but probably about the last 10 years right. Hugh the Douglas life of the show been, <laughs> right the life of the show hugh douglas has been an absolute just great human being to yes. to ut i know and to myself and he got inducted into the uh philadelphia eagles hall of fame over the weekend and then when you're talking about that that that's accepting speech t i think it was just prime time you <laughs> it was and the funny thing is i was telling people at the uh station this morning they were like oh my god you know we can't wait to talk to you about that like you know that spontaneous uh speech and i was like it wasn't spontaneous he practiced that with me before he did the speech yeah we had a script oh, yes, yes. So I literally told him, okay, Hugh, you need to say this, that, and the third, but can you leave out? Drop that F-bomb in there. Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) It's my my boy. He couldn't be anybody but who he was. I tried, everybody. I tried to censor him. Yes, yes, no. He 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 doesn't stay on script. It wouldn't have been. And certainly not in his speech. It wouldn't have been Hugh Douglas if he yeah. had dropped that F bomb in there. Because, you know, it's like that's this... because he was one of my favorite <laughs> players back in the day. I used to Absolutely. so hard. And then yeah. just him, you know, with that representation of his HBCU Central State University. That was just Absolutely. exciting. So, yeah, congratulations, like you said. And just uh, well done, well done. And we so hope 
that tomorrow when we come back, yes. we can say the same about the Hawks. Well done. Get it done. Okay. You know what the Sixers okay. are like. You know that you guys, that's one of the teams you have their number. So go ahead and act like you do. Come back here with a win tomorrow so Jarvis and I can talk about that. And like I said, we have some more digging that we need to do, some more breaking down of this Commanders-Falcons game. Come back tomorrow, and we'll have all that for you. Absolutely. Y'all come back now, yeah. <laughs>